Today on Nine Wets Radio, we dive into the details of a 964 with a water-cooled engine and a thoroughly modern brain. Brought to you by NineWorks.co.uk, the fastest-growing online Porsche community supported by the NineWorks Marketplace. NineWorks Radio is your dedicated Porsche and car podcast, hosted by Lee Sibley, Andy Brooks and Max Newman. NineWorks Radio is carefully produced with special input from experts around the industry and powered by our valued members of the NineWorks Driven Not Hidden Collective. Andy B, how are you, my friend? Good day, Mr. Sibley. I am very well, thank you. How are you? Excellent. Yeah, I am really good. I'm really pleased that Nomex Radio is back on the airwaves. I love this podcast. I love everything about it. Kind of surmised by today's chat because it's a pretty unique chat in an area and topic of Orshadom that we've never stumbled across before. It's all a bit new, isn't it? All a bit scary initially in my thought, my eyes. It's like, oh, what's going on here? I'm not so sure I like it. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Let's uh, let's speak to to Philip and see if that can be turned. Absolutely, yeah. So our guest shortly is Dr. Philip Hoffman. Philip is the proprietor of Reen Classics. They're uh, just based outside of Munich, and Philip is bringing to market. Well, there's 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 kind of two stories behind this really there's uh, his own personal car which is five years in the making and is quite the project isn't it so yeah. it's uh, he's called it the rs gt so it's 964 based uh, it's, a, it's a it's a porsche 964 ostensibly with a 997.1 gt3 rs engine 3.6 yeah. litre 415 horsepower so we have a water cooled 964 which is an engineering challenge in itself i would say absolutely i can't yeah having spoken to to philip and you've driven the car um it's a it's a good car isn't it in that um you know this is not just a, a an engine just chucked in the back and absolutely you know, anyone can do that in their garage in norfolk as you said <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 and yeah, drive this, like a bag of bolts uh, yeah th- <laughs> and this is it this this is a genuine fiat of engineering and crucial to that and this is the other side of the coin it's the modern technology that makes this all work and crucially makes this or gives this car many different faces yeah so i think you know if you the best way to look at this is in the modern Porsche lineup where you've got 30-odd models, this is genuinely the majority of those shoehorned into one 964-shaped 997RS sounding machine. So we've got lots of adaptability on the fly. Traction, uh, blip, throttle response, exhaust noise that are all interwoven into one another to create this real seamless, harmonious package that uh yeah as i said like if you were to drive it while closing your eyes you you could absolutely believe this has come from a a big manufacturer it's yeah. that polished in the deliverance and execution of what this car's about so it's really clever and a real disruptor compared to anything else that's out there at the moment yeah i'm i'm almost almost sort of um thinking is it a nightmare or is it a dream so the the nightmare is i'm sure there's lots of people going oh my god why are you putting a water-cooled engine in a 964 
how how why what would you do that for but then there's the dream of like oh my god you've got this high revving amazing 9000 rpm engine you've got a traditional you know more traditional chassis that's playful um that can get on the ragged edge um and that's all packaged in really well then that's the dream it's like and then you can adjust it all so you can make it so that it's a a hooligan or something you can take the kids to school in yeah um yeah and my initial sort of thought was nightmare in that you know you're you're modernizing a classic and taking away is you know some of that rawness but i don't think you are i think this is really you know a bit of a dream it's oh, not a nightmare but- at all yeah agreed I've not driven it so yeah I'd love to to see what you think about driving it what did you you know what was your was your impression you know what was your expectations were you thinking nightmare or were you thinking dream my my expectation yeah my expectation is when when when, um when I'm faced with these cars when I'm very lucky enough to be invited to drive Mm. them and there were many kind of uh, third parties having a go um, over the last kind of five to 10 years. I always worry because I, I expect things to not quite be as polished as they should be. And I've heard a lot over the years of don't worry, we'll fix that for production and, yeah. you know, every, everything else. And, and do you know what? Fair play. These companies don't have the money of Porsche to produce something yeah. as finessed and polished. Uh, but this car surprised me because it really did feel like mechanically and in terms of its engineering, it was the finished article. Yeah. So the execution of it was, yeah, absolutely awesome. Absolutely awesome. And and again, you know, melding everything into one, I think that's so clever. You you mm. could genuinely, if you had one Porsche, this this could be it. And it and it'll do what you want. It you know, it's an Alpine car. It could be a car you pop to the shops in. You could take it on track as well. Like it it genuinely does all of that. And and this is the thing that and what's crucial to get this across is the bandwidth now of the capability of what this car can do is genuinely increased at both ends. Yeah. When somebody, we spoke about it on last week's podcast at Heritage, you know, in, in this quest for fast road, of a fast road setup, whether it's geometry or, or performance, it's so easy to over-egg the omelette. It is, isn't it? And yeah. then, you know, and then you get a car that's it's just a bit, bit too far gone, isn't it? Yeah. And, and whether you're, a, a singular builder, you know, one man building your own project, or you are a company, is it's easy to fall into that, and that hasn't happened here. You've you've got absolute extremities of performance, but you genuinely would be able to trust your friend who hasn't got a clue about cars and doesn't really care. Yeah, yeah. You'd be able to give him or her the keys, knowing that that Turn car will be okay. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And and that that's really impressive there. Don't really touch impressive. the dials. Don't touch don't, the yeah, dials. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Don't touch the dials. Exactly <laughs> it. So so that's it. So it's the, the car is uh, the RS GT and, and, and the software, the technology behind it is Reen Drive. And as we'll discuss in the conversation, that, that's the really interesting part. Yeah. I, I think for me, RSGT is a quick synopsis, and, and I have to say there is a video out there. It's on YouTube currently. Nine, it's our, it's our our video. We have the exclusive on it, basically, Andy. No one's yeah. no one's put a video out there yet, so it's the first kind of reveal of that, and we drive it. And and I do say in the video to surmise, it, it kind of puts this car, and I'm talking about the bandwidth between the gate posts of Porsche RS as we know it, Rensport. And then Porsche GT, the grand touring side of things, you know, your turbo side, your Carreras, yeah. 
something that's easy for the road trips and 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 this car really kind of they're your two gateposts and it can do absolutely everything in between yeah so what we'll discover now in talking to philip is how we've got there how that's possible let's bring philip on from munich philip hoffman good morning my friend <laughs> good morning <laughs> it's, my, it's a pleasure um being on your podcast it's, it's absolutely our pleasure to have you here and and obviously representing Reen engineered and Reen classics which is is your company i guess we want to say thanks first of all because obviously we dropped pretty much the exclusive of the rsgt your wonderful creation a couple of weeks back on youtube it's been really nice to see the feedback on it you've really shook things up philip you've shaken the industry up <laughs> i don't know if, if we are there yet but uh, the pleasure was really on my side your magazine and uh, i was following for years and it's my favorite place um to to look everything about porsches um and so yeah of course uh, the invitation um you were the first one to to ask and uh, yeah, gratefully, um, we got you in the car, and um, yeah, it it was a stressful um, week on my side. Um, what a shot that is! Just holding <laughs> yes. up the total nine eleven front cover here, the subscribers version, yes. and yes. just the epic. I love shot. the magazine. Uh, I love the magazine, and the, the pictures are uh, are great. It was a it was a a fun day out for me it was stressful <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but um, the weather was totally on our side and um, um, I looked back um, a few times um, and yeah luckily uh, we pulled it off we did we did absolutely before we um, dive into the so the company the car and you uh, we've got four questions that we are we're sort of teeing up to, to, to ease you into the interview. Um, and those are your first car, your worst car, your best car, and your next car. Um, now, there is a rule, isn't there, Lee? Remind me of the rule. Yeah, your worst can't be your first. That's it, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's, uh, that's easy. That's just how it is. My first car was a um, Golf uh, GTI Mark III uh, when I got the license. Uh, was the the... The car from my mother, she handed it over to me, and we had it or hired it about for a year. Sh shared it with my sister, and then it was hit by a, um, yeah, by a big train. Um, or no, no, not a train. Like it was, it was a some kind oh, of a big lorry, lorry when it was yeah. uh, when it was parked, um, and then would then it was full of sand. Um, because the lorry carried sand, and that was the story <laughs> about it. My first car, the GTI um and yeah and so worst car and it's a great car. it's a great first car by the way yeah, that's, that's a, not bad phenomenal it? first car yeah and yeah the worst car after that i thought uh, i won't need a car that soon again mm, so um then i had to save up for some money for a next car and then i bought a e30 um bmw and i, I it was in some kind of the greatest car because because you could pick it up at the price of a laptop and that was that was all that yeah. felt awesome <laughs> 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 of course but it, then it broke down um quite a few times um and it had this like rust problems but then it's I started to fix it up and then it became a great car again so um we did lots of um, tuning brake wise chassis wise um and 
yeah, it it was a lovely car, but it, unfortunately, because of the rust, you couldn't save it, huh? At the end, so. <laughs> too too gone. And <laughs> <laughs> um, that was the worst car. So, and the greatest, like emotional side bonding wise, it's the RSGT. But I have mixed feelings, of course, when you when you dig into something that deep um, and you go through a car development um, it has great sides but also some really stressful sides um, but mm -hmm. the emotional bonding of course it's um, it's way deeper than you have than I ever experienced with any car because it's really um, with the RSGT we did so much testing of the the parts and the combination of the parts and you really try to dig in what you want to have out of a car to uh, to, to really develop an, your own e emotional experience um so this is a deep emotional bonding um, yeah so it's one of the great it's uh, finally that we pulled it off and now the the media response and your response feels um like what i was um aiming for at the beginning um it's a great accomplishment fantastic fantastic Best car for sure yeah but it was on the edge sometimes <laughs> <laughs> and no and no not not when we were meeting but developing the, de the developing process and all the team process was on the edge quite a few times yeah and next car um and midnight blue 993 RSGT with a 3.9 or 4.0 um, engine. Um, and yeah. Well, that, that sounds little, quite little, specific, uh, like it's all teed up, ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had it in the, in the, in the, in the, we already have a 993 base car, yeah. but um, I didn't have the mental strength to go through all this once again. <laughs> I need a little rest. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess. I mean, yes. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a fantastic uh, quartet of answers there. So thank you, Philip. Yeah. And so, like, staying with that RSGT, and we'll we'll dive into uh, you and the car and the and the company shortly in greater detail. But I guess now that that car is out there and it's the culmination of five years of arduous work, how does it feel now that you're seeing the car in the press for the first time? Um, firsthand, I had headache for the last two weeks because I was overwhelmed by the positive response and by um, the actually interest to buy a car right away from a few guys around the world. Um, and this got me really into, oh, it's, I think the next phase, um, actually, now we are working on uh, to secure the funds to really de finish the development uh, of the, and also opt for a few options, like a lightweight option. I wanted to make the car now 100, 100 kilos lighter as it is right now, um, and maybe opt for a, a next historic um, point in 964 Porsche history. There was this C4 light white with only 1,098 kilos. And at the moment, we are in the calculation if it's possible to do it with the setup we have right now. And so at the, 
firsthand it was a relief uh, that it worked out and uh, that you liked it but um yeah i didn't expect it um to be uh, to be even with this um yeah now now a few not 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 everybody's knowing the car yet but um uh, luckily uh, through you um, some enthusiasts already know it and also with this small media presence um the feedback um yeah was uh, for me quite intense huh? um so <laughs> and i didn't expect it so awesome yeah, that's and this process now to get the team ready um to to move to the next phase uh, it's not complete yet um so um it was a sh to sum it up a short um happy moment um and then um headache <laughs> yeah right yeah <laughs> as as i'm sure it is it's yeah you you you're developing a, a project that's very out there it's it's very unique and original in industry which is a rare thing these days particularly within the 964 sphere because that's mm -hmm. very crowded in in the world of resto mods as well so yeah we we commend you for doing something different philip uh, i guess like your your background is incredibly interesting uh you've, you've obviously got degrees in biomechanics and orthopedics but your family is like deep rooted in cars uh, i was believe is your family that set up the german magazine auto motor and sport is that correct yes um yeah my, my grandfather um um he was a member of the stuttgarter presse like the the press company first on and then he leaded it for 20 years um and in his time they founded automotor and sport back in the 70s um yeah so and my father is also a car nut um uh, firsthand so um cars always have a have been a big topic uh, in the family and uh, of course driving experience and what car to buy next and what car to look out for and i think when we have one thing in common it's and always the driving experience around the ops um, was in the focus um i've and... got this i've got this vision of uh, family hoffman sitting around the, <laughs> sitting around the, uh, the the dining table you know sunday lunch and all the chitter chatter is just yeah i'm gonna look at this uh, 964 next week and then uh, yeah yeah i'm gonna buy this mercedes and i can just see the whole family hubbubbing about cars no it, no, it was more like who moved the car who drove it <laughs> where is it <laughs> you ask for it what's the uh the brand of choice for the for the elder hoffman family oh my my father is really into um britain cars great britain cars he loves really? morgans okay um, yeah, cool. he loves lotus um but the older ones and he went through all the different kind of morgans out there so <laughs> yeah um i know um uh, troubleshooting with them as well <laughs> and then we developed um and through covid we really didn't same process out with the rsct for a morgan yeah it was morgan's a small not that much electronics it's it's a quicker process um and it's a became a really great car it's based on a, a special series morgan run of five cars they built for a um competition series it's re v6 um it's 320 horsepower and weighs 800 kilos it has nothing that can go wrong so no, wind, <laughs> no windshield no heater 
<laughs> nothing, nothing at all. And um, on but the just, right, uh, right, Luke Lucas Electrics to go wrong. That's the only thing. Yes, yes. <laughs> and uh, on the right occasion, it's a absolutely fantastic car. Threw a blast um, around the block um, on a on a on a mountain road. Nice, nice, awesome, awesome. Sounds a good basis. Yeah, so, so Philip, for you then, obviously your um, kind of recent history, I guess, like previous builds, you, you'd like hot rod in your built and a 911R inspired hot rod and ST inspired hot rod. Where, like, where and why Porsche for you then? Like, I'm my root in port or in, in cars is, uh, I think, the, the, the deepest connection I always get by the. Oh, Dig in and make it your own. Um, and um, my grandfather had a, a 911T back in the garage. And when I drove it the first time, I lasted a long time to, to be to be allowed to drive it. Um, and when I drove it, it was it, it was falling short on the expectations. I would say in every way: braking, um, acceleration, steering. Um, the only thing that really got me was the noise um, and the smell of the car when you get into it and the door shutter when you close the door. And um, then I back back my through university, um, I bought my four, first 911. Back then they were really cheap, like it, it cost two thousand US dollars. Oh my and god! The import and the import was more expensive than the car actually. <laughs> When we picked it up um, um, at the airport, and uh, not at the airport on the um, on the port, um, my grandfather told me, oh, "You should have asked for help. That you need a car that um, that urgent, um, and why not leave it here and we will find something else?" <laughs> because it was really looking that sad. <laughs> and then we started, um, yeah, to, to totally tear it apart um, and. Um, make it our own vision um, and this is 15 years ago or more than the 17 years ago and since then a team developed around doing things like this and after these first projects um it, it developed that um, they became art looking at it and yeah. they were also in some magazines covers and they were beautiful to look at it but at the end, they always were too raw. Huh? You, you couldn't experience them longer than a few hours. Otherwise, okay. you were really shuttered and um, exhausted by the driving experience. Too loud, too much vibration. Your your wife will never join you. Um, yeah, you wouldn't pick up your kids. Um, well, back then, I of course I had no kids then. Um, but they were too rough. Basically, loud and fast art um, was one of the the covers. Um, they, in my they, eyes, they, they were were on, and I think that this sums it up quite perfectly. So, but I was um, looking forward for the driving experience, and that's where the RSG, RSGT concept um, came in place, and also. Going back with the best engine builders here in south of um, Germany, like tuning these old 964 engines, they all have their breaking point where they are reliable and where you have um, yeah, 
heat problems, uh, overheating problems. And I did experience all this uh, quite intensely a lot of times because I like to drive the cars um, quite harshly. Huh? So um, because that's where I think the classic cars are good at. Uh, they can they can let you experience a raw driving experience because mm -hmm. they are small. They have a small um, tire contact patch. Um, it, it's an intense feeling. Um, yeah. And that's where they are best at. Um, so, yeah, the RSGT concept is a is a, for me the the development of all this process. Um, dreaming about cars okay. to make a car more adaptable and even more raw and fun when you when you want it, but so, not all all the time. So the the start of the project um, was that. Did you envisage the end point then right at the start or did it start <clears> as like, oh, I'm going to buy a 964 because I feel that's um, the car that's going to going to be right for me um, and I'm going to start a few tweaks here and there or was there always a, an end goal of this is what the RSGT is going to be or did it start as a, like a personal project? What was the, the evolution of the the whole idea? I, I had yeah. this, like I did the, had the 964 engines tuned to the highest possible outcomes. Okay. Before. Yeah. Never in a 964 chassis. We always put it back in a in a F type yeah, chassis yeah. because there it was lighter. But with the 964 engine, I basically was finished mm -hmm. because I never they basically still a it's an old engine design. Only the, the heads will not allow the engine to rev that high and freely. Yeah. Um, so I was done with the 964 engine as is. Um, okay. So I, I thought uh, next process is move on. I have to look for something different. Okay. And so that, course, that GT3 engine, yes. water cooling, that was always the last, in the, in the project brief, as it were. It's the last development, actually, of this engine design, of course. Mm -hmm. And with the 964, it comes, comes more or less naturally because it's the ending of the story. The, nine, the flywheel, the one, the single mass flywheel, um, it started at the 964S mm -hmm. and it ends with the 997 GT3 RS. It's amazing how much transfer over there is in parts, isn't it? Yeah, same yeah. same part all that way yeah. ahead. It's you know? amazing, yes. that, really. But and that's the linking part um, to, and so, if you that's more or less the basket from the one side to the other side you can go and the flywheel will connect you yeah um so i started with the 964 and um i tried to rush to the other end um and make it possible to get the latest um engine um um with a rough experience um into the 964 chassis and of course with the then we tested different engines it's way easier to get a cup engine into the into the um 964 electronic wise because the gt3 um, has vario cam system and you basically have endless possibilities um, um okay. to tune this engine um but when you should start with the blank sheet of paper um and have to design your own electronics around it that's a hard task that's yeah. why nobody has done it before um sure. and so the key the cup engine again it's too rough um you don't have any throttle response below three and a half to four thousand rpm so you will not like to stuck in traffic with a car like this or with the engine like this 
So, um, yeah, we took the base of the GT3 and 997 um, because it's a platform where also the industry there has lots to offer. Uh, mm -hmm. We now have the starting point in the car with 3.6 liter, where, but there is a huge way to go forward to okay. 3.8 liter, 3.9, sure. 4.0, uh, turbocharge it. And the possibilities there are endless. Endless, um, yeah. So did... Um so did, was there a time when you had the, the 964, you'd converted it to have a 997 GT3 engine in it, but it was still running the original um, you know, engine management system from the GT3 and sort no. of pieced together? Yeah, it, it was. It was, yeah. Come, so it, We basically tried, of course, to, to take all the 997 three, uh, seven, um, higher wiring harness and electronics um, over to the 964. Yeah. Um, but um, it only worked occasionally. <laughs> yeah. And at full chat. <laughs> so is that what really sort of um, started the electronics side of the project? Because you were like, this this stuff is just not working for us. We need no. to come up, we need to marry the old with the new and come up with a, with a, with a, uh, with a whole new engine management system to, to make this work. It's, it's, it's not only the electronic side. I think this is something where it's the car is underestimated and mm -hmm. that's where you have to come into, um, Lee again with your driving experience because the underpinnings are not the same with the 964 um again when you transplant the engine mm -hmm. to adapt the driving experience you have to change so much um yeah. like the steering pump with we developed a special steering pump with zf to get the ratio and the steering feel right okay um of course then you have to totally design your cooling system and you have to design your oil system yeah. then you have to design your instruments and to find also the connection between the old electronics and the new electronics mm. um, and heater management, um, intake system, exhaust system. It's basically, and, and also gear linkage and ratios, you basically end up with a car you have to design. Yeah, yeah. packaging wise you never looked at the at the front um or beneath the carpet um emily but their packaging um, of this new system uh, was um quite a challenge I can imagine. basically I can imagine. end up that you have a 964 shell but otherwise um everything is is changed in one yeah. way or the other and that's also the complicated process um to make it feel not like a Frankenstein at the end, but like mm -hmm. a whole driving experience. And yeah. Give. How did did you did you felt it did change? Um, um, like regarding steering, Lee, when you drove and and um, a suspension and braking. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there were there are things. I think I even said on the video. There are so many details on that car. And, and our conversation at the start of the, the road test day, Philip, you know, you, I've got, got the quote here, you know, you said it was five years of struggle to, to get to that finished package. And there are so many details that have gone into that car. I think there are more certainly than I'll ever understand and, and everybody else to make that happen. And obviously the, the project really, how I see it from the outside is it's, it's split twofold. You've obviously got the magic of having a water cooled flat six in an air-cooled body and chassis of a 964. And then obviously you've then got 
a completely new recalibrated brain and the ele- electronic and the software side. I think for, for me, like mechanically, if we deal with that first, there are some really nice positives that have spawned out of the fact that you've managed to shoehorn this water cooled flat six into the car. Like, for example, um, there's a, a slightly better weight distribution, isn't there? 38% to the front, 62%. Yeah. In, in the back, you know, where the, uh, the Metzger engine is shorter than the air-cooled 964 uh, engine as well. Again, like it's, it's really not right. so much overhanging past the axle. It's, it's slightly forward. So, again, in terms of like your driving dynamic setup, there's some real nice positives that have come from that. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And, the, yeah, this is also from the experience, um, like trying to build really lightweight um, Porsches. I did so with the on based on the F um, um, chassis from the really early ones, and we also achieved once 950 kilograms with the 964 engine. But um, that's where the, the driving experience becomes troublesome because you don't have any weight at front left um, to for your steering input. Um, so, like dri- go, driving there fast on the mountain roads, it was really challenging. Um, being early on the gas, uh, you would wash out so quickly mm-hmm. out of the corners. And so we really, with this setup now, I really adapted for even improved this, moved the, moved the, the cooling system as far as possible to the front, mm-hmm. get all the weight to the nose. So later, if we remove weight by putting... Um, carbon fiber bits um, on the chassis, uh, you will still have something left on your nose. Yeah. And, um, Which is, is important, isn't it? You could, or I, I yes. could certainly feel that in the, in the drive. You can feel the weight over the nose. You lose a little bit of that kind of classic 911 nose bob yes. as the car goes along the road. But I think when you've got 415 horsepower uh, married to what is, because uh, you're given the dry weight as 1,270 kilos, which is impressive considering the car is still at this point a completely steel chassis. It's yeah. it's nice to have just that little bit more weight at the front. I feel it yes. rides really nicely as well. I mean, I didn't mention in the video either about the um, the floating discs as well. I mean, like it's this it's proper it's race car stuff, but somehow and then we'll get onto the software shortly. Somehow with that software, it's just become a really pliable, malleable, manageable car to drive when you want it to be. Yes, and um, like. But it's also, you have, that's what was also the challenge. Like with the software, uh, you can have different layers of how the cars feels. More aggressive or a more calm and relaxed driving experience. But the other component uh, components like suspension and brakes also have to be part of it. Because when you have an aggressive engine set up, the brakes still have to be somehow match the feeling. Yeah. Um, and that was the challenge at all to to match the driving experience with all the components and parts, noise, braking, all the contact points, um, shifting. Yeah, but I think yeah, it's it's it, it's my dream car, um, and it, it to yeah, to but to to make it a complete car it was it was quite an intense struggle. <laughs> yeah Stay, staying imagine. with like the, the mechanical side of things is something that i would like to highlight that i don't think has been said elsewhere so like reen you are an engineering company at heart so i, I would describe you philip and, and the company you know your disruptors 
positively speaking, you're completely new and unique, as I said, within that 964, 911 resto mod sphere. And what I really like, what really resonates with me about that car is you've just left all your talking to the engineer side. There's no like, um, you know, the, the interior feels like quite 964 RS in its layout. It's very purposeful. It feels, it could feel like it came from the factory as is. There's no quilted, you know, quilted seats everywhere and things like that, which other resto modders go down that whole thing of lavish, luxurious cowhide, yeah, quilted stitching, which I always find bizarre. And it was never on a factory Porsche anyway, right? And, and, and you were very specific about that. You know, we, we are not that sort of, you know, backdaty specialist company. We are an engineering company. I love these things and those things you mentioned as well. I, lo I love fancy interiors. But with this car you drove, actually, I had to stick to a budget. We yeah. built it three times. Huh? Um, and of course, I want to have um, carbon fiber everywhere. But um, basically, it was a long lasting process. Um, and I think we had to focus on the basics first. And also, for me as an experience, um, I'm I'm not the car the guy kind of guy that I want to shout out. I have a really expensive car and it's mm -hmm. the most fancy one, and I will park it right here in front of you. And and um, for me, I'd like to keep it understated a little bit. Of course, this car is red, but otherwise, it's a it's it's built for you and for your driving experience, and not to shout out. It's a it's a half a million car um, and um, and it's looking fancy. And yeah. this is also something, I don't know where this market will go, but I think like living each other and um, um, I don't know, it, at the moment it's changing a little bit. Here in Germany, it's difficult to, to shout out and have to drive a big Lam Lamborghini. Um, it's, it's getting unpleasant um, to do so. And with these older cars and understated cars, you still um, get a smile everywhere where mm. you go. And this is also a big part of um, driving experience for me. Yeah. I don't want to have any negative feelings um, shouting or have a really loud car um, um, to, uh, to set up or to, to, uh, uh, to, 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 I don't know, to, to leave everybody in his, environment um comfortable huh? yeah. so it's the neighborhood here um in germany it's they 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 don't accept it anymore as in the past yeah yeah i, I don't think, know i think, I think in uk it will be probably the same way huh? when mm. the time has changed a little bit so and i feel with this car absolutely um comfortable going everywhere and um and it's understated and I and with this um, setup of yes, we we focus totally on the um, on the mechanic side and our development process, of course. In the future, um, when the budget is higher and um, you can you can, there's lots of fancy stuff I have in my mind. Um, <laughs> what to try out next? Yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see where that goes then from yeah from a visual point of view. I really like that. Um, yes, I agree with what you're saying. It, it is very understated in the way it looks to the everyman and woman. But what I quite like is you could turn up to a Porsche Cars and Coffee 
and it's still got you know like the delicate uh, 964 arches for example you know um some people may notice a uh, porsche cars and coffee this is they may notice you've got twin exit exhaust rather than the 964 single exit they may then notice the center locking magnesium wheels Yes. They might not notice things like uh, the extra vent in the front of the car. It's 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 brilliantly, really well done, yeah. elegantly understated, Philip. Like I, I really commend you for that. It's they, got they the perfect. Should, they, they should look under the car. Huh? Yeah. They, they <laughs> the, for example, the exhaust system packaging. Oh, it was a nightmare. I bet, you, if, yeah. It could. It did. It it has lots of silencing um, when you want it. So, but it has huge side mufflers and uh, fitting those into a really small 964 chassis um, was a struggle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. While, so while that, dealing with, yeah, like your yeah, uh, changes in temperature and, and obviously yes. intense heat in that small area, I guess, yes. as well, you know, yeah. getting that right is, is difficult. Can we talk about the, the, the software side of it then? Because that is yes. the, the genius. Again, how I see things from the outside is the RS GT as, as a car, you know, that, that the one that I drove, that's your personal car, your personal project. Yes. But I believe the, the real magic sprinkled on the top of all of this is absolutely that software, because the software as a concept can be taken into many other different applications within our scene and industry. I'm really excited to see to see where that goes. Can, can you talk to me and, and everybody at home and highlight just how difficult finessing that is? It's not just software, is it? It's a whole um, ECU as well. Is that right? Yes, it's, it's a, like a whole it's, new system. Yeah, it's a whole it's my it's wife engine management. It's an engine and car. Um, it basically manages um, um, the, the cooling system, the oil system, and the engine management system the abs traction control and also the instrument cluster it basically it it became a um a hold and a car management um system but it of course it is based um on what you have in motorsport cyvex and um um and it's combined with the different um, um supplier max eq the complicated side is i think only building the team around it not the knowledge to do so what we did is really lacking in the industry when i first set out to get this done we had we basically had three setups um different setups one was to take the oem system from porsche the porsche management system that it would work out that we have had a different um, engine management system that we could not get to run and then we tried uh, this in the last one cywex and but the most critical part is to build a team around it um and so that's basically the hard part i tried and, and i reached out in the industry five years ago to and ask everybody um who was known in the industry if he could help but i couldn't find any um who was um fit for the job um to get this all done because also the gt3 engine is quite an, a complicated engine because of the vario camp system um and the other tasks is a was a process of working um with the ecu suppliers and making our own bespoke software updates to then be able to put the 
different parameters into uh, a table where you can change them um, each other independently. So there was a this was a, a process. Um, yeah, and at the end, it, um, it came to the system uh, you see on the steering wheel, like this four rotary switches. Yet you can turn independently and change. One is set up to change the noise um, of the car. It's basically like turning a stair, uh, like a noise control or volume control on the stereo. It's, it controls two um, electronical um, e-flaps um, in the exhaust system that you can open or shut um, uh, smoothly um, from 100% to um, to fully closed. Okay, so then you can also it's more like um, a, a throttle. Um, Rather, you know, body, a, no yes. a normal um, exhaust valve is either open or closed. But what yes. you're saying is you can step this at different. Yes, openings. it's the same as a similar concept added to the 992 GT3. Yes. You know, oh, where so they're, yes. they're, okay. the valves are, are fizzing rather than just yeah, like uh, binary yes. on off. Okay. The, the 992, 992 GT3. That. It's the first car only like in the engine. They have five um, throttle bodies because in the intake system you also have this open flap that links um short to long way intake system that started in the 993 um vario cam system yeah um or ram um system so but in the 992 gt3 generation it's all electronic um uh, controlled um and it's seamless so it's not either shut or closed but in mm -hmm. between you have multiple options Okay, so that's the only other application of a a stepper or a seamless um, exhaust valve is in a 992. There's nothing else in in the industry. I think it, the, the the supply the supply flap side is growing rapidly at the moment. Okay. So I think so in the next thing years coming, yeah. um, or now at the start, lots of companies are shifting through it. Yeah, uh, yeah. In the main, but in the past, it was always. Um, low pressure controlled on off. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, but the most, or the, even the interesting thing is you can also make it manually controlled on the steering wheel, but you can also make it car controlled depending on your throttle position mm -hmm. and the car speed. Sure. This yeah. really helps with legislation process because yeah. you are allowed at a top speed of 100 kilometers per hour for for example in germany to have 86 decibel mm -hmm. so can you can really tune it um to this um, sure yeah to this amount and it really um enhances the driving experience and you don't feel it so because when you push the throttle it's also getting noisier but it's not in the old sense that it's and you suddenly yeah, yeah. hear the flap opening. Yeah. It's seamless. So it just underwrites the emotional um, feeling of going faster without you noticing that actually the flap uh, got open. Yes. Yeah. So um and yeah, you you find you can fine-tune as you as you like. Um the next step um is you you have a sensory button, uh, rotary switch. That allows you to change um, the e-throttle um, mm -hmm. setup, how it's designed. Um, so you basically can make the car feel rough um, on really on the edge 
or yeah. make it even a bit calmer. I think okay. this is really this this so stands like out a, for like me. A bearable sport button, if yes, yeah. uh, like all the other cars, modern cars have it. Huh? Yeah, like GMA with the T50, they also that's that's the only electronics they implemented. Okay. You, you can change um, um, the the throttle sensitivity sensitivity. Yeah, um, and this is it's it's intense when you drive it first. How much you can alter. Um, the character of the car by this one turn. Mm-hmm. Um, Lee, could you just you've you experienced it as well? It totally makes it different car. Am I right? It, it it makes it very different. But again, where I think this does so well as a project is it's so, so it's got all these different layers of aggression, but they the way they come in, it's so. It's so smooth. It's so wonderfully smooth to the point where you feel like that could be, um, you know, a mainstream manufacturer car. That's like the level of engineering that has gone into that and finessing it. Lots of layers, but the way they're all integrated is so like harmonious, very buttery, you know? Yeah, Yeah, that was lots of driving and testing and dialing it in. Um, Yes. um, and that's why the car. You, when you go back, why why we choose an old and classic car because of the rough driving experience. Where this car really stands out, in my opinion, is you can get to your dream road um, in relative comfort, but then make it two layers rougher than any modern GT3 that's out there mm-hmm. for the ten kilometers where you want. And then it's really uh, an on-the-edge driving experience. And that's where it stands out. Um, Otherwise, you are better off with a modern car. But if you want a really intense driving experience for a short amount of time, um, then then that's what you want. And because you can only implement this rough driving experience with this system because you couldn't take it for longer. (laughs) (laughs) But now you can set up for 20 minutes or half an hour when you are like running up up the pass or the mountain pass. That's where you can turn it off, uh, can turn it um, really up to, to 10. Um, that's where it's rougher and more raw driving experience than you will ever find uh, in a in a modern um, yeah. G- GT product. Okay, so you've taken us through R and S. Let's go on to G and T. Um, yes, T is basically just um, a safety um, feature that I thought would never be. Oh, why not have it? If you are able, attraction control. Mm-hmm. It, that's basically it. Um, and, and, and it's really funny when you drive this car in the in the completely wet, and you can put your floor, uh, put the put the throttle um, pedal to the floor, and the car will behave calmly because it has attraction control. It's a really a safety net. Um, yeah, I think will always help you. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes here in in autumn, when you go through the to the Alps, suddenly you go around the corner and then there's lots of dirt on the street. 
Sure. And that's why it helps you to to uh, to survive the Porsche typical typical behaviors. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, why not? And um, the last rotary switch you mentioned, this is also a really a standout feature that completely changes the character how this car feels and it like the auto blip system this is something it's it really changes the car completely for me it's an emotional connection you have with the car it's like it's responding to you because it's totally you You cannot get it when you get into the car first and you're looking in this classic 964 layout and then you are braking and it makes a blip for you. It still driving all the, after this year and the development, this is the one thing that gets me up the, the most and I'm most excited about because it's like this emotional connection and it really helps you and the engine to get this rough experience Because with the single mass flywheel again, it's not easy always to make the perfect downshift. Yeah. You have to be really on it with every sense. And this helps you um, in when you're really going fast um, to make the perfect shift. And um, and and it's a it, for me it's a really emotional bonding. Uh, but Lee, let me know your experience yeah. when you first when you first felt it. It's it's you. It's really at the first hand you. It's, this can't be. Huh? You were an old nine six four. Yeah, I think like with with the auto blip side of things. Um, what's my thoughts on it? Because and this is things some some people might balk at the idea of having like the auto blicks or say it takes away from like the purity of the car but what i'd say is that car in its most extreme can be so animalistic so damned animalistic you need the auto blick function it is your friend particularly if you value like the longevity of the componentry you're pedaling right so again i just find that as a really nice ally to the car but dial it back and it's really like nice and easy to drive you know again where we talk about like the the 964 rs with a single mass flywheel known to stalling and, and everything else at, at low rpm same with the 993 with the adjustability on this car that's just not an issue but again when you turn it up i think it goes beyond what you ex what in your head if you've driven a 964 rs before this goes way beyond it and so you need that auto blip function yeah i don't know okay. depends on your driving skills um <laughs> but um driving um a gt3 rs um i always sometimes struggled driving really on it um to to match it and um and with the modern gt3 cars it's it's also it's it adds an a, ne a next layer that you can enjoy if you want so but you of course you can turn it off um if you want to be on your own But for yeah. me, um, those do those characters, the the sensory uh, um, rotary switch and the auto blip system, those are do these are those two parameters that completely change um, the feeling of a classic. Um, yeah, and um, yeah, okay. I think where, where again where the car does really well is um you know there's the famous quote from ferry porsche that you know a, a 
the 911 is as adept at Le Mans as it is driving the dunes of the Dakar as it is driving to the cinema of mm. of, of New York, ostensibly, is the quote. Um, but it's not necessarily true, is it? You know, 35, 36 odd different models within the, the modern 911 lineup. You know, a GT3 RS is a very different car to a PDK Carrera 2, right? Yes. Whether, so, so, you know, it's, you, you, you need really a lot of different, same from 992s, you know, you need different cars to get those different experiences because those cars, a, a Carrera can never do what a GT3 RS can and vice versa. Whereas your car kind of is put right in the middle of that and could genuinely be, I think I said this in the video, it could be the one Porsche you own because it has that ad adaptability. We touched on it on the day, Philip, it'd be worth just revisiting it now is uh, my my thought was okay you've got so much adaptability from the car it's kind of interesting that you left out um the adjustable suspension so like a pasm setup yes of course that's that's a, a route we could um explore in the future um for me mm, i didn't need it at the moment um the kw suspension it's you can set it up to be floating on rougher roads, but all also really sporty. So I didn't feel a compromise there. But mm. maybe on UK roads, um, it's different where you have even rougher roads. Here in, in in Germany, I think the the basic setup where I like to experience the car, we have smooth um, road surface. So um, I. Got along I can see that the, good. there's plenty of um, good suspension supplies out there already, aren't there? Yes. That are doing that already, yes. so it'd be very easy to fit that to the car, um, and sort of yeah, to add that fifth dial, I guess. Yes, but yeah. of course, then for me, design-wise, it also have to, has to fit into place always. So uh, the steering wheel, I think, design-wise, came out beautifully, and. <laughs> That's why so I had this shocking moment, or a little bit a shocking moment, when the 992 GT3 RS was launched. I thought, uh-huh, who did, saw the pictures from our steering wheel or the other way around? <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, great. Um, uh, because it's four rotary switches on the steering wheel, uh, I think uh, I couldn't... Um, I d could you come up with a different or other company that did the same? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly <laughs> that. Exactly that. So yeah. Um, yeah, it was a weird feeling. Um, but on the other hand, then I started smiling immediately because I thought when Porsche does it, I'd say they are the king of the road. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. I'd like then, to ask Liam a question. Then we can't be off. <laughs> i'd like to ask lee a question you've got the four dials there on the on the steering wheel which is the one that you're that um if you only had to pick one if you're only left with one the other three had to be disconnected which one would you be playing with all day which was your favorite can i get in can i get in yeah, yeah you ask can. it you you can put all the you can put all the centuries of course as a modern sport button onto one selection yeah but yeah you then just just link it as we have it in any modern um sport product car yeah. uh, you have one sport button but it yeah. links different parameters of course yeah yeah we yeah. try to separate it here 
But I think Lee, it's the right you thing. can tell me. You can tell me if you want only one knob. We can make all the things work. No, no, what well, I think you've, mis you've misunderstood <laughs> my question there, Philip. Um, okay. I'm not saying that um, I want to make them all the into one knob. Okay. I'm just saying which is the which is the knob that um, which is the one that you would keep if you had to drop three, and you were only allowed to keep one feature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get. Yeah, I get. Yeah, I. You, you, you do you do need all of them i think to like hide <laughs> yeah. to to, to um, add some color to the the character but i yeah. think yeah if you if you had to i think what's most impressive is the throttle response and again it goes back to the fact right. that you're in uh, a 964 you know this this classic car so your head even though your 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 ears are hearing gt3 rs yeah you know your eyes are seeing 964 and again where i talked about with the rs and the single mass flywheel and the difficulties that are well documented of you know easy to stall the car I think that that throttle response and the different inputs um, are in, incredible. Yeah, that that's 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 the one I that's would take. That I think you can take, you can play with. Yeah, but again, like as Philip said, so example uh, for for example with the traction control, um, with like with the traction control turned up on the car, it reduces the throttle to a maximum of yeah, eighty sure. percent. I think Philip is the is the quote yes. when traction's yeah. So they they and this is what I mean. All it's so play, all yeah. expertly woven into one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Philip, you you intimated to me that some people in the industry haven't always taken you seriously along the process. If you wouldn't mind just adding a bit of colour to that. Oh yeah, of course. Um, when we did the parts we need to do, needed to develop for this car, there's nothing out out in the industry or was out in the industry that we could just pick and would fit. For example, for the exhaust system. And I tried different system for the steering, like steering pumps. Um, but to, to as I wanted to feel the car, I had to um, search out to, to the OEM suppliers, actually. And of course, then I reached out to ZF, mostly because of the contacts we had in the family. And then we reached out to ZF um, and we set out to develop a steering pump that you can turn on the steering wheel um, and alter the um, the steering support. Uh, and then uh, the chief engineer just stopped for a moment and thought, that's great. It's a great idea where nobody has it at, um, until now. So, oh, but you can be the first one. <laughs> and, and, um, and, and it was some kind of really friendly and, and, uh, uh, partnership and camaraderie that made all this possible because and the same with the exhaust system we went so to so many exhaust systems but at the end we went to a big oem supplier who then actually designed the system for us and we combined it with oem parts from porsche and then it actually sounded a bit like a 964 down low but still has gt3 characters up high and um, yeah, but being a really small supplier, you then, for example, if we go back to ZF, it took one and a half years until we got the prototype of the first pump. Mm -hmm. And then it actually came without um, the connectors. <laughs> and then I phoned them back and I thought, hey, guys, you forget to, forgot to put the connectors into the, uh, into the box. Uh, I, I can't link it to our electronic system to make it work. And they wrote back, oh, it's in, it's in the legislation and in, in, in the agreement that we 
will not sell you the connectors. You have to get them on your own. Don't worry, I will send you a part number and you can order them. And then I got the part number and then I reached out for a supplier and then the minimum amount of connectors you have to order is 30,000. Oh <laughs> 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 and then you thought, are you kidding? And we just tried to 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 link our prototype pump here. So <laughs> could we just get a connector? I reached out to ZFK. Then again, they told me, of course, it's not possible. But let me let, let, let me tell you, it may be that it's the same pump as in the McLaren 570S. Uh, so <laughs> maybe you get the connector from the harness of the McLaren 570S. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, okay. was it, it was that that's what i meant with struggle yeah 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 you there was so much you didn't anticipate that the when starting the process process for example the cooling system um here um in germany um the technical university is deeply routed into automotive so the chief engineers, like for example, for the Pinifarina Battista, and um, also for Audi, they are, yeah, they are teaching here as well. Mm-hmm. And of course, we, I know quite of them, uh, a few of them uh, personally. So I reached out and asked for help. Um, some of them were also patients um, from being orthopedic surgeon and. <laughs> Um, but I asked what you know, yeah. too, you know. Could you could you, could you could you help us? How much pressure tested? How much pressure test? Um, or how much pressure does a cooling system to be tested um, for our application? For example, there is no data out there. And then we designed the first cooling system, and then the car immediately started to overheat um, while idling. Huh? So there was no flow to the front and when idling. And then I asked uh, a few other engineers, uh, and then they kept smiling and thought, oh, "You just asked the the wrong team." And they showed me a picture from the first Audi R8 uh, prototypes. Yeah, the first uh, middle engine setup from Audi. Um, they were all melting um, <laughs> the engine bay <laughs> because for an Audi engineer, it, it wasn't. Um, the, yeah, they didn't get it right at the first hand. Yeah, so they were used to an engine asked, up front, weren't they? I guess not for the for the right guys to help in the beginning, and then we designed it again and again, and suddenly it worked out. Um, so this it was really an intense um, process of camaraderie and friendship and um, a struggle and really yeah, yeah and really talented people uh, helping along the way not for the money but for the idea to be to uh, to be part of it building something that's different here in munich it it was only possible here i guess because mm-hmm. with the budget i had uh, what we then did and what we all had to develop and was basically building a car underneath uh, a 964 chassis and there was like we scanned the whole car and packaging wise, uh, we did CNC design, the whole cooling system and the packaging in the front. Um, so it was, you cannot see it when you look at the outside, how deep the layer of engineering is behind it. Yeah. But 
that is basically it. And, and now I understand why, for example, Roof um, moved on to a carbon fiber chassis. They did mm -hmm. back this back then with the prototypes in the 993 chassis setup. I I totally understand it now because patch packaging in the 964 chassis, if you want to keep it original, is a nightmare. To fit all this, what you have to fit with water cooling system and still be able to supply an AC system and a working heater system, you are really struggling with the space that's available. Yeah. So, and um, you say in roof there, I'm almost seeing like a perfect marriage there with taking your engine management and electronic side and, you know, taking that and taking it to roof and fit it being integrated into one of their cars. I could see yeah, that I, as that would be just amazing well, well, th th this is it andy this this for me and and, and this is this is going to be a, a question for you philip is is where do you see this uh rean drive software and 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 the rsgt where do you see all of this going because to me the 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 really interesting part the really really interesting part is where that software goes what hands that software gets into i mean andy you mentioned roof but i think roof singer Gunther works anything within that resto mod sphere yeah. and may, maybe you know manufacture i mean roof is a manufacturer in its own right the 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 potential there is massive so where do you see it all going philip uh, i'm see i'm happy to share it um 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 and to supply it to 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 everybody who's um uh, lusting for it um i totally see the market shifting that way that you have to make adapt a few layers to a classic or even mm -hmm. that's what i feel when i want to drive a car like this um so that was my vision and they'll take looking in the future of reen this would be the perfect starting point actually to supply it and um, the system and um to support others other teams um yeah to supply what we have learned um to them make some profits and then grow a small series run or to grow the budgets for completion of uh like a celebration run of 10 cars of the rsct based on the 964 and then maybe 10 cars based on the 993 and of course you can take it further and not only be fixed to Porsches because I built this 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 brand or I want to build this brand more about the steering wheel and the concept than rather being only focused on the 964 platform. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, you need you need a concept carrier, and the 964 with this engine is for me uh, the perfect concept carrier because that's sure. why that's where most of the market is right now with the 964. Everybody in the race to mod market is focusing on it, so we can supply something that's already, um, yeah, in the favors of many others. Mm -hmm. And uh, but in the future, I would also happy building E30 um, M3 um, with something like this in a in a, sure. in a modern engine. Uh, isn't there surely a market for? Are taking this into something like a 997 as well so you know you don't have to do all of the engineering yeah, of course side. you could you could of course you could, you could have the electronics 
I don't know. That that depends on what you want from a car. Actually, I yeah. think the nine and seven, of course, it's it's a well further developed car already, but it's lacking the rough driving experience. Really, yeah. We just so lost could, lots of testing. We did lots of ten. No, I don't know. It's basically it's the chassis and all this, and the two okay. the tires too wide. You yeah. cannot dial a bigger chassis back to a smaller chassis. Sure. That's, that's not possible in my, my opinion. Yeah. So um, we did lots of testing uh, comparison, the RSGT to the 997 um, GT3 RS, the 3.6 liter and the 3.8 liters. Um, we drove many kilometers um, side by side of the cars. And the really difference is they basically feel the same steering wise now and also suspension wise now. But the RSCT can be rougher mm -hmm. in two layers you, um, on top of it if you yeah. really dial it um, to be a rough car. I, I, I think I think the answer. Sorry, Philip. I think the answer yeah. is going more the other way, Andy. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. like you know, we've spoken previously on the podcast about um, long bonnets, and and really, mm -hmm. it's not not that they're becoming irrelevant. That's 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 completely overclubbing it. But like in terms of one's driving lifestyle. Yeah. That car can really only be used for ten percent of it. Your your sure, Sunday yeah. drive with other older cars. If you're in a a two point two T and you're going out with everyone else in a GT three touring, you'll catch up with them a day later. And and long journey, you know, it's just it's it's a it's a difficult car to enjoy for a lot of time. Whether it's like with this kind of concept, and I know there's like a Absolutely, mechanical yeah. versus software componentry like issue yeah. there. There's not a harmonisation, but you. You know, this sort of concept and idea could make that sort of car again just more usable and more more malleable for for other other mm -hmm. ideas. I guess, like you know, when you look at the Tuthill Nine Eleven K, it's quite an extreme car. I guess if if you just want to dial things back, which this software mm -hmm. and componentry allows you to do, I think that's where the magic's going to be. It's yeah, almost going to it's almost going to save. It. It's almost going to it's almost going to save older cars and allow them to be yeah. used a lot and, and keep them relevant yeah 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 it's, it's, an, Maybe, it's a but, great concept yeah but but that's it's it's yeah it's it's but it's basically it's 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 not easy to implement it into a car huh? yeah yeah of yeah of course mm. you you have to actually then build a car around it so you can of course this can be translated into many other cars but it's not like putting the steering wheel on <laughs> and then yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like changing <laughs> from one prototype type wheel to the other, it's not like it. Um, so um, there is engineering involved, but um, of course, it, this is what I set out to do. So I know nobody. It, it's it will take time because if you bring something new to the market, everybody will keep on telling um, that. The, the classic and analog driving experience um, is what, all what you need. Um, so it will take some time and we will see um, yeah how the, how it will how the market um, keep on reacting to, to the product. I think it's not it's not yeah we, we will need some more time. Now, I mm -hmm. think the car went out, the RSGT, we will showcase it around and we will happy meet you uh, um, at Goodwood um, mid of the year and uh, um, hopefully um, get um, other journalists into the car and um, and then we can see 
what the market thinks about it. If, if others um, will get interested, like you mentioned, Singer, Hoof, Kunterwerks, um, to join to join in and um, make uh, think about the same way. Yeah, yeah. I feel like where we're at is as as this is a moment in time and and the arrival of the car and 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 the concept. I feel like Philip, you've pulled the pin, you've thrown the grenade into the industry and right now we're just we're waiting for the bang we're waiting for the bang which is you know how that how this concept permeates through the industry how others react to it and 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 interacts with it right to, to, to finish philip i'd like to ask you and it's a question i've asked gunther works recently off the back of um us doing some bits with them what have you learned so far what's the biggest lesson that this journey has taught you motivating a team and being uh, telling an idea and a vision to others so that will that they will make it their own um, and be emotional involved because like when when you have a the budget was huge building a car basically like but in comparison what we did to the industry the budget was really small um, mm -hmm. Um, but then you have to really motivate people like ZF um, to join in, not money-wise, because uh, it, it sounds it, it, it sounds it sounds interesting and fantastic. Uh, why not um, be part of it? And I think that that was the, the the learning process along the way. It was also really. Um, emotional um struggling and intense if you are the one oh we have to tell it but uh, this could be something and i uh, why not go for it um and nobody else um, can see it at the moment huh? um so i designed this layer with this the setup on the steering wheel five years ago um uh, and and it took actually three years um, to actually have four independent rotary switches and then we can start it to dial the car in and nobody um, saw it that way everybody was asking me why doing so it's so complicated nobody will feel the difference and nobody um, wants it in a classic car why are you struggling so um, to try to implement it um, that was basically the response I got from most of the guys who are part of the classic car industry. And um, I kept on telling notes, but that, that's what I want. Huh? I have driven so many classic cars and they cannot deliver on my driving experience how I want it to feel. So I need, to, I need something like this. I want to pick up my kids in a really relative quiet car if i want so at the school run and i also want to afterwards um yeah and bring them to their friend and, and drive on for 40 minutes um to a mountain pass road and have a rough car there and then come home in relative comfort with these older cars i had and i still have uh, still have in the garage they are never used uh, because um, it's too rough. 
uh, in most of the cases or not emotional involving enough. Mm -hmm. A modern product is is better than take the RS um, Audi R3 something like this. Um, it's um, it's a car you 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 live um, on a daily basis more comfortable and you will enjoy it more than having a a classic car. But if you want a rough driving experience and be able to to get home in comfort, um, the RST count concept is basically what I dreamt about. It's, it's fantastic to see that come to fruition, Philip. It really is. And, you know, again, just to, to round things off, we're grateful that, um, that you let us have a drive of the car for, for Nine Works TV and obviously the Total 911 magazine feature as well. Also really grateful that you've joined us today. Just yeah. added a little bit more detail to your story and to the story of, of Reen. We're really excited by it and look forward to it developing from here on in. It's a it's a pleasure on my side, and we're ending on it. It's it's really intense. If you set out to build a brand there, it's it's fantastic how many different layers they are. I always thought focus on the product, huh? develop the product, make it complete, and then the rest will come on its own. But it's totally not true. Huh? <laughs> then with <laughs> Then reaching out and um, PR and all the like g getting attention, it's a complete different story on its own. Huh? Yeah. And um, yeah, because you are the greenhorn uh, or we are the greenhorn and you have to get um, attention actually. Because if nobody knows um, that, um, what you have uh, designed or built in the, in, in the process of five years, um, then nothing will come out of it. And this is also really fascinating how many different layers they are. Uh, I always looked at it from the engineering side and I thought, okay, the product, it will speak for its own, um, but it's, uh, yeah, it, it has way deeper layers. Yeah. Now it's the next phase. Time and, to shout. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and it was, and it's um, looking back at, I never felt more intense or more alert when the, the one week um, testing uh, with you guys. It was so intense because getting somebody else into something that you designed and dreamt about it for five years, and then even, um, I think the most critical part for me is hopefully everybody who is driving it will enjoy it, nothing will happen. Uh, yeah. you would come out safely and and it was you know, being a surgeon i have never felt so much stress yeah we'd um we, we thank you for your time we've obviously you and i've spoken uh, away from the microphone about possibly uh seeing you in the uk this year and certainly and um, perhaps an event that we're organizing so hopefully people that have listened to this that are uk based might be able to see the car uh, in in person later for this year yeah looking yeah. forward to that I'm looking forward to it <laughs> awesome. fantastic dr philip hoffman from reen thank you very much for joining us on no much radio thank you it was a pleasure on my side and hopefully we will meet um someday soon and um yeah thanks thanks to being along the ride and 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 sharing um, the experience and sharing the RSCT. 
Wicked. All right, then we'll look away from just that awesome game changing nine six four. I'm up, I'm some... up for it. I'm up. You're in, are you? Yeah, I want. I want to drive that thing. Let's hope um, Philip brings it over to the UK, and I can have a little drive because I'm intrigued. Absolutely. And as I said earlier, you know the nightmare dream scenario. I'm I'm dreaming now. I'm really dreaming. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, it's quite something. I'm sure as well. So yeah, we're 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 seeing if uh, if Philip can come over to the UK and we can show the car to our audience. But I'm sure as well where we're planning road trips to mainland Europe mm. later in the year and next year. I'm sure he can swing by because there's some fantastic roads yeah. around around where he is, and and it's you know I've seen the playground on which that car has been developed, and and there's some fantastic roads for Porsches of all ages there. Yeah. So where is it? Just south of Munich. South of Munich, yeah, he's just on the cusp of uh, of the the German Alps. Right, lovely. So great, great place to be. Yeah, great place to be. Not bad. Not bad at all. Should we do some admin? I'd I'd like to start with a gem of the week because we've got a first yeah. here at Nineworks. And uh, it's our first ever race car on the as gem um, of the week as gem of the week on the Porsche marketplace. Yeah. So if, if you don't know, it's just worth touching base on this, that the nine works marketplace, we've got a hundred around a hundred quality Porsches for sale on there. They're only for sale by via reputable dealers. We don't want everybody on there. And that's not the point. It's just reputable dealers in our eyes and using our knowledge and expertise. Uh, to try and give you the very best cars that are all backed by proper quality warranties. Okay, so that really is the difference. You can get finance quotes on there as well, inspections and everything else. So you can check it out um, at nineworks.co.uk. But yeah, RPM Technic have put up this Nine and One GT Three R um, spares package included on it. So the the GT Three R is like top level GT racing is what you got to look at. Makes the GT 3RS look a bit tame. The difference being, of course, this is a bona fide, genuine race car. In being a GT3R, the flat six is in the right place. It's not like the RSR, which is essentially a mid-engined 911 race car. Four litre flat six, 550 horsepower, 1200 kilos, six-speed sequential gearbox with paddle shift, full FIA welded cage, etc 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 there's so much detail on there um it comes with a comprehensive spares package as well which is obviously crucial for these so if you are a serious serious racer and you want some of the latest technology that's not long left by sack this is it it's up for 360k it's via rpm technic and it's uh, it's on the nine works marketplace right now if you're a fan of carbon fiber if nothing else get on there and have a look it is beautiful <laughs> outrageous looking thing <laughs> very very cool very cool so yeah that is our first gem of the week of uh of 2024 very nice very nice uh chosen by max of course should Absolutely. we say yep chosen by max max not joining us today I think, and... I think he's actually seen it as well isn't he i think he has yeah because he was up at rpm, RPM I'm, I'm yeah. sure he'll tell us about that that next week yeah, absolutely or fiddle with his boxster yes yeah we we uh we max we look forward to having you back uh, very much hopefully next week and and it has to say big big love to you mate from uh, from both Andy and I and, and all the nine works family yeah so are we um should we do some updates on the collective yeah do some updates i've got um i've got a little spread the love i don't know if you've got one this week but i thought i'd do one. i yeah yeah back. i've got i've got a spread the love yeah hunt you want to do that for the collective yeah let's do it yeah let's keep keep them in those orders shall we why not be traditional all right do you want to yeah. go first then go on uh, all right then, yes. Yeah, so my spread the love, as you know, I don't really watch too 
much automotive content on YouTube. Um, just spend too too much time creating it. So it's kind of killed the vibe for me, unfortunately. It's not a slight on anybody else. I just need an escape, right? So I use YouTube for other things. And I've stumbled across <laughs> my absolute favorite thing on YouTube by Country Mile is the Bunch of Amateurs uh, YouTube channel. So Bunch if, of Amateurs? Bunch of Amateurs, yeah. Okay. It follows uh, non-league football, which okay. is... <laughs> the best it's the best football before the corporate yeah. machine comes in and tears the dream to bits okay um specifically dorking wanderers as well and, and i i feel like well i'm already looking out for dorking wanderers results um <laughs> the guy the the it's a fantastic story of like a a nothing to something story yeah dorking 12 promotions in 24 years the manager is also the owner and this the, this guy rich i don't don't know who he is but rich is the guy that does bunch of amateurs takes you into the dressing room gives you the full behind the scenes match day experience that i have never seen this sort of thing before Brilliant. you know if if you've seen the uh what's the amazon thing that they do where they follow like man city i can't remember what it's called all yeah, or nothing yeah. isn't it all or nothing this has got nothing on bunch of amateurs. It's proper football and, and, proper and roots. really well produced. So yeah, I, I can't get enough of it. Incidentally, chatting to uh, John Wallace, part of the yeah, collective. Yeah, yeah. So he plays for Dorking Wanderers Vets. Does he really? A, he does. Yeah. Because yeah, he lives so, in the same town as my mum and dad, right, which is okay. right next to Dorking. So, yeah, yeah. Well, he, uh, I've been speaking to him about it and, and he's uh, promised that we can go to a game together. So John, I want to take you up on that, mate. But yeah, if you, if you love football, Fantastic. get yourself onto bunch of amateurs, YouTube channel, because it is phenomenal. <laughs> Very good. I like it. <laughs> right. What's your uh, spread? The love? I, I don't like football, but I'm actually, I'm actually thinking I might take a look at that. It <laughs> sounds quite cool. Good. I'm going to go back automotive uh, and I'm going to stick with YouTube as well. Um, Adam LZ. I don't if you've ever heard of Adam LZ. No. So he's a drift guy in the US. Um, lives in Florida. He bought himself this amazing place, basically an old car collector's property that's like, I don't know, 30 acres and it's got shitloads of barns and it's it's just like living the dream. But he has uh, recently bought his first air called Porsche. He's bought a 964 in mint green. Um I think it's it's a PDK, so he's going to do a manual swap. Uh, he's imported it from Japan, but I just think it's going to be a great story. He's he's a really, you know, he's a YouTube absolute sensation. I don't know how many followers he's got, just yeah. nuts. Um, uh, but he's a really nice guy, and his girlfriend's on YouTube as well, and they're just a cool couple of people. I just think it'd be a good story to watch what he does to this uh, mint green um, nine six four. So yeah, mint, worth a watch. Yeah, that sounds great. Sounds great. Uh, you said about PDK, so a mint green nine six four with PDK. How does that yeah. work? Oh, sorry, not PDK. Um, what's it called? Tiptronic. And a Tiptronic nine six four. Oh yeah, yeah. So he's going to do a manual swap on it. That's definitely uh, okay. On his yeah. List, yeah. but you know, it's a great car that he imported from Japan. I think, it, as far as the bodywork is concerned, it's really solid, and so it's worth doing it in a fantastic color as well, mint green. Oh, so. Awesome, yeah. awesome. Yeah. So worth a watch, Adam LZ. Get it on your YouTubes. Really cool, mate. Really cool. Yeah, lots of lots of yeah. YouTube spread the love this week. Then, uh, yeah. yeah should we do? Should we do an update on the collective? Yes. Yeah. Um, I got sort of halfway through it last week. It was quite busy over the Christmas period. So yeah, let's um, let's uh, get go from the top. Mike Hudson, works driver, based in Stratford upon Avon, drives a nine eight six three point two S, all black, max spec. 
and also <laughs> a 996 C4S, uh, black with a grey interior. So not quite so Mac spec. Uh, nice little combo of cars. Very interesting combo. Yeah. Um, okay. Quinton Cannon, uh, works driver based in Wellington in Somerset. He has purchased a black 53 plate 986 Boxster S, which if I remember, that looks really nice. Actually, he's posted that on the uh, WhatsApp group. Really good looking car. Good to have you aboard, Quentin. Mm. Next up is Neil Caddock, who's a rookie driver. He's based in South Oxfordshire. He drives a 991 C4S cab. Oh, beautiful. You love a cab, don't you? Oh, it's such a, that is, that is quintessential daily smoker, that is. I think yeah. that is winning at life. I'm getting a drive over 992 cab next week. Hopefully. Ooh, very good. It all very pans good. out. Very good. Okay. Gordon McVean, another rookie driver based up in Aberdeen. He sent some pictures the other day. My God, it looked cold up there. It was snowing heavily, wasn't it? Yeah, that was deep. Didn't look good. Um, Quite different I, to down here. But <laughs> bright sunshine at the time on the south coast. Day. It was. Yeah, I was washing <laughs> the car at the time. Um, I think under all that snow, he's got a 2010 997 two c2s in bullshit black <laughs> but Fantastic. yeah covered in snow i hope you I hope you're warming up mate next up is simon sims another rookie driver based in surrey um he has a gt3 rs and a mccann what a perfect little two-car garage that is yeah yeah i wonder wonder which one's the weekday drive and which is yeah. for the weekend hey? <laughs> I, I think i think we know okay martin marriott he's a works driver based down here in ringwood hampshire apparently i've met you a couple of times martin i do apologize i didn't recognize you from the description but i'm sure we'll meet again soon um he drives a 997.1 carrera s and a kn diesel another good two another good garage. combo yeah yeah, yeah. Right, last up of the new people is Simon Brown, who's a privateer based in Bristol. Uh, recommendation from Simon Norman. Thank you, Simon. Cheers, Simon. Um, he has a 991.2 GT3 RS and a 993 Carrera 2, which is soon to become a Tuthill SCRS. Oh, my God. Very nice. Wowzers. Wow, that's going to be amazing, Simon. Oof. I think they're... Good looking car, that. That's the only 993 based backdate that works for me. Everything agreed. else looks a bit odd. Yeah, agreed. Um, but that is a stunning car. That's going to be epic. What a little tour that's going to be. Wow. Yeah, very good. Yeah. And maybe you need to speak to Reen. Oh. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. It <laughs> would yeah, be a good yeah. combo. It would be. Okay, some upgrades then. Uh, I'll quickly go through these. We've got quite a few. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for your upgrades. Uh, John Wiggum, uh, rookie to a Works Plus, so he's taking taking the subscription. Lovely. Matthew Holman, um, privateer to Works Plus. Now Matthew did say that he's, Matthew's Yorkshire based, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He said that that was um, quite something for him to to go Works Plus as a as, as a, a Yorkshire tight man. Yorkshireman. As a tight Yorkshireman, <laughs> that was his own words. They were That's his fantastic. Yeah, that is fantastic. Okay, Adam Spencer, privateer to Works Plus. Another one. Um, Mark Tordoff has gone privateer to works. Uh, Will Goddard has gone works to hero. Woo! 
That is amazing. 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 Thank, Thank you, you Will. Will. Big okay. love. Mark Hooper, uh, Privateer to Works. Hugh Gabriel, Rookie to Privateer. Paul Newlove, Privateer to Works. Uh, Neil Blakemore, Rookie to Privateer. And lastly, Greg May, who's gone from Works to Works Plus. Oh, that is incredible. Thank you to all the guys and girls that have done that. Like, you know, we, we love new Jordans. Of course we do. Like we, we really love uh, those that upgrade as well, because uh, it's a bit of a validation, I guess, for the Absolutely, work we do yeah. behind, behind yeah. the scenes to, to cultivate the community. You know, people like what they see and that, that means a lot to yeah. us. It's a nice little endorsement. Nice little thank you. I feel quite emotional about well, really not Agreed. all of that, to be honest. Agreed. So yeah, thank you. Thank you guys for me too. Amazing. Amazing. Tops, right. all right. Well, yeah, that's that's it. I, I, I guess it's another great another episode. awesome episode yet. Yeah, thank you, yeah, thank you Philip. I think it was uh, great to catch up with Philip and find out yeah, even more about him and the company and the car. Yes, uh, and let's yeah look forward to more of that coming in the summer. Absolutely, yeah. Again, as we said in the conversation, the pin has been pulled, the grenade's been thrown in. We're just waiting for the bang to <laughs> see to see what happens next. Indeed. <laughs> Right, always All a right. pleasure. Mr. Brooks, we'll see you soon. And to everyone at home as well, thanks for listening to Nightmares Radio. We will catch you soon. Good talk. This episode was brought to you by our very kind Driven Not Hidden Collective. If you would like to join the collective to get further access and rewards within the Nineworks community, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash Nineworks. You can also support us by leaving a five-star review on your favorite podcast app.